Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 156. In today's episode, I chat with one of my delicious warriors, Julie. Julie is 43, a life coach and spiritual director. She's wife to Brian and mama to her four children. She lives in Nashville. Tennessee. And I wanted to put Julie in the hot seat to talk about her journey over the last 18 months. You know, falling in love with your training doesn't always happen from day one, especially if you don't trust your body and are scared to potentially reverse any progress you've made in healing it. It takes a lot of courage and a persistent effort and willingness to take a new road, to try new things. In her life, Julie has a philosophy of patience, pleasure, and honoring your desires. When she started her training in warrior school, she took the same approach. In our first conversation together, she shared her five-year plan and that she was totally cool with taking the long way home. She also said it was really important that training gave her pleasure and was fun. She's created this amazing training space in her home that's inviting and sensual. And it's been a pure pleasure watching her fall in love with her training practice and get stronger over the last 18 months. Julie, I'm so proud of you. You inspire me. All right. I hope you enjoy this delicious conversation with the beautiful Julie. Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe following a plan that works with your body and has a timeline of years is the future of women's training. I also believe women can train hard. We just need to learn how to do it in a respectful way. So Warrior, this is your go-to show for practical information on training, nutrition, hormones, and performance. Myself and tons of experts will help you create a training strategy that works with your body and gets results. I am your teacher, Amy Bowe coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Julie, welcome to the Warrior School podcast. Thank you. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I love podcasting. So fun. Yeah, and I love podcasting with my warriors. It's so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, creating this space in your world and your life to come on. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. And I think that's where I would love to start. I would love for you to talk a little bit about your world, like what what goes on in your world? What is your world like? Uh, yeah, let's start there and then we can we can talk about our journey together and your training and all of that really cool stuff. Yeah, sounds great. 
Well, I have four kiddos. They're ages 17 down to 12, and I have homeschooled forever. We just launched our oldest last year. So she's down in college and just during a ton of transition. But I've um, been married for 21 years. My husband and I are pilots, so we travel a lot, <laughs> which has been a learning curve with figuring out energy and working out. <laughs> um, I'm a nurse. I don't even know if you knew that. I've been a nurse by trade. So, and then just knew I wanted to be at home and homeschool and have loved the journey. But thankfully, um, all three of my other children are in a tutorial this year, two days a week and getting taught by teachers. So this is my discovery and rest year or two. I don't know how long <laughs> it's going to go, but the, who is Julie aside from role as mom and wife and all of these things. So it's, it's an exciting season. Yeah. And still, still homeschooling. I mean, I feel like it's not like I'm just like, they're completely by themselves and I'm not running them everywhere. Cause that still is definitely a thing, but yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing that. Uh, I think I did know that you did practice as a nurse prior. Mm-hmm. This was prior to your little humans, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, and then when from your first pregnancy and did you go back into the practice or um, like practicing nursing after the first little human? I didn't actually, I actually graduated from nursing school when I was five months pregnant, which was totally planned. I knew I wanted to start a family. So officially have not worked as an RN. I worked as a student nurse and nursing assistant and pediatrics, but um, I was like, you don't want to train me and hire me because I know I'm going to stay home with my kiddos. I kept my license current for years. And then I think it was like three or four years ago. I have a friend here who's a nurse practitioner and she's like, why are you still keeping your license current? And she's like, are you ever going to go back into nursing? And I was like, no, why am I? I don't know. So, but that's what got me into coaching was just kind of like, okay, let's see if I have enough. It was after I had the four kids. Do I have enough brain space to, I was always had intended to get my bachelor's or master's in nursing and do online schooling. And I was like, I'll take this health coaching course just to see if I have enough capacity to do this. And then fell in love with it. And that's that. (laughs) How many, yeah. How many years ago was that when you started to get into like the coaching space and the health coaching space? Yeah, I think it was 2015. So it was about seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And did, um, did something like spark that? like within like your own journey uh, to, to kind of dive into that world, the health space world, or was it more coming from like the, a career perspective of like, what, what would I want to do? Like, what do I want to do for, for, yeah, for myself and for my work? Yeah, that's a great question. I had taken a course by Sarah James. I don't know if you know who she is called live more way less did not need to lose weight, but her whole thing, she had like a 10 day challenge leading up to selling the course. And it was like, buy yourself flowers, wear red lipstick, buy pretty lingerie, wear heels to the grocery store. And I was like, I just need, you know, for the kids, five and under, like I was in full mom mode. And I was like, I need that fun back. I need that playfulness and really couldn't find any other resources to really enter into that world of like radical self-care and connecting with myself. And so I enrolled in her course and it was 
a year or two after that, that I knew that she had been trained with integrative nutrition health school. And so because I've always loved health and I was like, oh, this is curious. I would love to do this. That's definitely the catalyst. And then once I was in it and realized, oh, like I've been coaching people forever. I love coaching. <laughs> like it just was such a good fit. And they're, they're huge on it's health coaching, quote unquote, but it's all about the whole person. So they're looking at spirituality. They're looking at your home life. They're looking at creativity and work. And that really resonated. Like, yeah, it's not just one piece. It's the whole self. So it was just, it's been a journey since then. Yeah. What I find so curious, can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the moments, you know, you had the, they were all under five years old. You just said, yeah. 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 So there was four in like five years. <laughs> yeah. My oldest turned five two weeks before baby number four was born. It was okay. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about, about that? Like what that was like, that like having, you know, your, your three little humans and then the fourth one, and it was, you know, five years and, and just some of those moments of you then, you know, being really curious and exploring and finding her work, like what, Mm -hmm. yeah. How did you feel? Like what was going on then? Yeah. I feel like each child I went through like this mini identity crisis. And so I would like need to go buy new clothes or kind of reconnect. Like, who am I? Who is this version? And then after four, we had recently moved to Florida. Um, I had number four in March, started homeschooling that September. My husband opened a new territory in Florida. So he was gone all the time. So it was just survival mode, like to the fullest. Like I barely left the house with all four of them in tow because it was just so much work, so much work. Um, And we had moved from Michigan. So I was extremely grateful to not be bundling them up in the snow. And thankfully, you know, to be like, they could be in flip-flops and shorts that just made mom life so much easier. But just, um, I think I came across Sarah's course probably within the time is probably off, but a couple years after that. And just had felt so disconnected from myself. Everything felt like I was in task mode. So everything was a task and getting it done. So even things I loved were no longer fun. And really just needing to like reconnect, but in a super simple, gentle way. And so that was, that was really the start of a much longer journey that I'm still on. But um, it was such a beautiful way to connect versus like do more, you know, push harder, do all this, which I tend to be, you probably know me well enough. Now my natural tendency is to like overthink it, go a thousand and ten percent and just push through. And I really had to learn to like, okay, the slow way home, I'm going to take a deep breath and everything will be fine. <laughs> which you just, you have like a thousand messages in true coach right now. Cause I, I'm in one of those over-processing modes, just so you know. I know. I just went in there before and I saw them all. And I, and then I was like getting ready for the podcast. And I just wrote, yeah. like, hey, Julie, I like I see all this and I love it all. And there's a lot in there. Just like, let me read through it and like marinate and I'll get back to you on Monday. And so, yeah. <laughs> but um, I know that you do use, like you use that as, you know, a way to like kind of journal 
and process mm-hmm. and like just get it out and get it down yeah. somewhere, which I think is totally cool. I think it's such a cool tool to 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 do that and to use, yeah, to use that space for, yeah, for that. <laughs> but we'll, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we'll totally get into all that. Um, one thing, like, I do just want to touch on because I just think it's so cool is that you homeschool all your little humans. Mm-hmm. Like, I just. Yeah. I, I love that. I real like I'm mm. just really attracted to that. I think just because it's different. It's mm-hmm. it's actually there's quite a few of um few of the warriors that are in the US that do homeschool their kids. And I just yeah, you know, I was never we we all went to school, none of my like friends, you know, were homeschooled. And so to me, when I started connecting with you all and you have like this, it's such a cool like tribe of like women mm-hmm. that are homeschooling their kids. Uh and I just really wanted to touch on that experience a little bit because that, you know, the the little humans are around all day. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> all day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Could you just could you just share a little bit about that experience, like like why you decided to do it and like how it's kind of rolled and some really cool learnings that you've had through the experience? Yeah, absolutely. I am passionate about homeschooling, obviously. I feel like you have to be to be doing it for this amount of time. Um, funny story, my husband, when before we had kids, and I, I was homeschooled the last years of high school. So that's kind of what drew me into the homeschool world, that he was really opposed to it because the only people he knew that were homeschooled were your typical unsocialized weird homeschoolers. And so he was not for homeschooling at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, could you not? And I, and I was like, no, honey, like, that's like, we're not that (laughs) they'll be okay. Um, So I don't know when, like, I didn't really have to convince them or anything. That was definitely a hill. I was like, I'm dying on this hill. We're homeschooling, but it really has evolved so much over the years to where um, one of my favorite things is having four kids that have just super different learning styles, very different personalities. Like my main kind of mama mantra is to cultivate what is unique about them and to give them a lot of space and opportunity to be able to pursue that and thrive in that. And homeschooling allowed us to do that. And really the younger years, especially let them have a lot of free time so they could really just play and be outside and do all the creativity things we did have because it is it's a lot. And I'm a strong introvert who needs a lot of downtime and a lot of space. And so we had a really lovely rhythm. They did rest time every day from one to three. Like once they stopped napping, they would just go, they could read, they could play quietly in their room, they could draw. Um, And that was kind of like, if I didn't have rest time in that season, I was like grumpy and done by four o'clock. Whereas if I had rest time, I could last at least until eight o'clock. And then even now eight o'clock, I'm like, (laughs) peace out. (laughs) I have nothing left. I've made all the decisions I can make, you know, all the things Um, that it's been really sweet to just see how cultivating that and it grew to us wanting to travel a lot and be able to take the kids with us that really the freedom of homeschooling is what has kind of taken us the extra, you know, this extra length of time just because we value that so much. My husband's an entrepreneur, so he's either working at home in his office or he's traveling. So he has a lot of flexibility. This gives us a lot of flexibility. And 
you know, our oldest rides horses. And so she would be at the barn three to four days a week and we could still have family dinners every night. So it was just for us such a perfect combination. And I really, um, in the younger years, especially like it, I just loved it, like teaching them to read and doing all of that really nurtured my heart. I would say once we got to like sixth grade and on, it's kind of like, okay, <laughs> it's not so sweet anymore. And at that point too, you're just, you're dealing with all the emotions that the tweens have. And that you're like, I remember specifically with one of my kids two years ago, I was like, I just want to be mom. <laughs> I don't want to be mom and teacher because it's creating so much more friction than doesn't, you know, need to be there. So that's when we started looking at the tutorials where they could have a teacher and, you know, they're still at home three days a week, so they can still go on a bike ride in the middle of the day or horse lessons, whatever. But they also have someone else that they're accountable to, which has been fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love what came up for me. And that is this idea of like roles, like you playing mm. multiple roles, like leading mm. these people in your life as a lot of different roles. Were there times where you kind of just like stopped dead in your tracks and were like, like, who, who am I? Like, who am I? Like, who, who is Julie? Because I'm like, I'm showing up, you know, as mom, I'm showing up as teacher, I'm showing up as wife. I'm like, was there some, some moments in there where you're like, like, who, did you have time for yourself? Did homeschooling allow that? Like allow you to have time for yourself and connect with yourself and do things for yourself? I would say yes and no to that. My personality type was very much, I'm such an idealist and have such like, I can see the vision and the dream and cultivating and can get really lost in that and miss like what actually is. So we, we did a ton of date weekends and we do date nights consistently, but I'm a homebody. So that's one thing I should have done more on my own in the younger years. Like outside of the home, I think because I was doing rest time and I always had a lovely morning routine because we, even that we trained the kids, we made a little note card, stay in your room until seven zero zero. And so like, they just learn, you can sit and read, but like, don't come downstairs until then. So I'd get up maybe at six 30, just to have like a half an hour, you know, now with teenagers, like I don't see them until like 11, but <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> um, so it definitely is a journey of, finding out what that is, I would say there were little pieces of discovering that, but you know, as you do work, there's so many layers. And so it feels like the invitation right now to who is actually Julie, apart from those roles is really surfacing at such a deeper level. Like I kind of have, I've gone down the journey of what are my strengths? What are my gifts? What lights me up? What brings me joy? Like I've done all of that work that it still was so attached to my role as a wife and my role as a homeschool mom and mom. And, you know, what I thought being all of those roles were, whereas now it's like, you know, like who is Julie and what brings Julie joy and what am I created to do? Yeah. Yeah. And I know, yeah, we've, you know, in our conversations, like you're really starting to, to like go deep into that. But yeah, I was just curious, yeah. like through the years, if there were moments, um, but it sounds like there, there were moments of like, okay, what are my strengths or what do I enjoy? Or when you first found um, 
you know, the course and started to maybe implement or play with these small, like try these small things on, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, when the kids were younger of like this reconnection to yourself. Uh, I guess where I'm going with this is, you know, so many women that I work with, they, they play all these roles, you know, they Mm -hmm. have, uh, they show up so powerfully to lead others that along the way, uh, sometimes they just have, they don't have the capacity or the energy or the time Mm -hmm. to lead themselves. And then they get to this place where, you know, their body and mind is really tired and it's gone through a lot. And so was there, you know, was there like a certain point in time where your body was like, there was there things going on like physically where you're like, okay, I need to like reconnect and am I nourishing my body right? And could you talk to us a little bit about, yeah, like the the physical journey or the the health journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I had had fantastic pregnancies and deliveries and postpartum, like all the things. And um, after baby number four, I, as soon as I got my six week clearance, I was like, great, I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to get in shape. And so I was doing like 30 days shred. Um, I, I was getting up at like, I don't remember if it was like 4.30 or 5.30 and doing the elliptical at the gym. And really in hindsight, I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? Like I should have been recovering, you know, but where the message was, I remember this is like so crazy. Like Heidi Klum though, had just had her fourth baby. And of course was model ready. She was on the runway like six weeks later. And so you're told all these messages that like, you should walk out of the hospital fitting in your jeans and like all of these things. And I hadn't really I think before there was kind of this process of no big deal because we're going to have more kids. And I always have been health-minded and I love working out, but it was really after four that I just hit it so hard. And from such a place of depletion that, and I don't know what came first, chicken or the egg, but ended up with a prolapse, a rectal seal. Um, I had a five finger wide diastasis recti, um, had a pessary for a year to just give me support with that and was told to get surgery on my pelvic floor and was like, I don't know. I just really think I can heal over time. And, you know, that journey has been, I'm still in that journey, but there has been so much healing and beauty. Um, but energy really has been low since, um, my youngest is 12 now. And hormones have kind of, I was on thyroid for a while. Progesterone has been low. I just found out my iron is super low. So I think there's been, you know, in hindsight, really pouring into everyone and trying to keep up with these like high, high ideals of who I thought I needed to be the perfect mom, the perfect wife and be in shape. And really through this journey, seeing some strong body dysmorphia that I had that I wasn't aware of. Um, I was like, Oh, it all makes sense why I got so depleted because I really was trying to do it all and trying to do it all at such like an excellent level, you know, whereas now I'm just like, what, what was I thinking? And like, but that's really what I just remember reading blogs and stuff. And it's like, get up at five 30. So you can exercise and have your quiet time before your kids are up. And there's these women doing this. And so you feel like, well, I should be able to do it. And I was like, I just need to sleep. I'm so tired. (laughs) So I think there's just, you know, that depletion has been with me and 
you know, pro-metabolic didn't know the whole mineral depletion and like what all fully happened with childbirth, even looking when I first found out I had like my prolapse and diastasis, there was like one gal who had information on that. And now there's just so much information and there's pelvic floor PTs and all of this. So I'm thankful that there's more awareness, but at the time it was just like, you should recover and you should get back to what you're doing and it'll be no problem. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really, you know, I really like how you bring that, all of that up, Julie, you know, the piece around like back then there weren't conversations around so, like this, the support team uh, looks way different now than what it did like back then. Like you said, you yeah. have like this pro-metabolic space where they're talking all about minerals and like preparing for pregnancy and then even, you know, understanding like the recovery piece of like after you have the child and, you know, the re-nourishment that you, like the body needs to go through, like it wasn't yeah. spoken about. And then the stuff around like the pelvic floor and, you know, getting back into a practice to support, yeah, to support the the trauma of the birth. Like none of that was <laughs> spoken about. And so, like you said, yeah. you ended up, and then we have the other side of like, no, don't just do it. Do it very, do it perfectly. Actually do it better yeah. than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so compounding, you know, multiple years, a lot of, a lot of us end up in this space where the body is just exhausted and depleted. And like yeah. you said, you've, you had hormonal stuff and then your, your pelvic floor stuff. Can you talk to me mm -hmm. about, um, you know, what, what did, what did some of those earlier journey journeys look like, like the support with your pelvic floor, you know, what was, what did you do there? And then when you realized that maybe your body was really tired and it wasn't mm. nourished as well as it should be, who, who, yeah, who supported you? What kind of leadership did you get in those areas? Yeah, that's a great question. I remember walking out and I think it was the six week checkup or shortly after that from my midwife. And she was like, you have a prolapse. And I don't know that we knew about the diastasis then. And I just remember feeling so broken because I was like, I'm broken now. And I had just never heard of any of that. Didn't know how common it was. Didn't know anyone experienced it. And so really just carried that, which was so heavy. Um, she recommended me to a local PT who thankfully she ended up actually becoming a, <laughs> a friend of ours, um, you know, was great at kind of helping with that journey and assessing. And I mean, honestly, my body just needed time to heal. Like I, it needed the gentleness. It needed the extra support and the healing and asking for what I need and being able to rest and not being feeling responsible for everything, which really those are the lessons I'm like, I'd love to say I learned that then like, no, it's been the last couple of years I've learned that, which feels like so late, but it is what it is. Um, so in the spring, summer of 2020, I had gone to a local functional doctor here and I had been, I had seen multiple functional doctors love them, but it just felt like everything was a very specific, non-individualized pro protocol, 
do this 10 day detox, go dairy free, sugar free, gluten free. And I had done a lot of that throughout the previous years and was just like, I would have phases where I would feel better, but just felt like I couldn't, couldn't really get energy under control. I had started not sleeping great, um, bloating all the time. And I walked out and she had wanted me to start like 15 to 20 supplements and do more testing after I had already done like a ton of testing. And I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. And I had a friend that was like, if you were like not able to get out of bed, this would make sense. But she's like, it's not like you're sick. And that's when I found um, Simple Holistic Ashley. And she had like this little mini course and was like how I healed my fatigue. And I forget what her wording was, but without supplements, by being in the sunshine and grounding and like all of these things. And I was so drawn to that, that I was like, yes, that's what I need. Cause I just felt so exhausted, like being put on and I'm super sensitive to supplements. So anytime it was like, I don't know how my body is going to respond and just one more thing to do and one more appointment to go to. So to really kind of back away from all that. And that was my initial journey into pro metabolic. And as I dug into it deeper, I was like, Oh, this is really much more aligned with how I had always eaten until I started messing with stuff and trying to do all the, you know, free this, free that, you know, Um, And so it really resonated as far as like, oh, this is doable. And when I was younger, I always ate every three to four hours because that's just what I did. And I liked dairy and I had, you know, diverse food groups and stuff. So that started the pro-metabolic journey, which was, I guess, like two and a half years ago and put on 50 pounds, like in nine months, like crazy fast, um, which... (laughs) In fairness, even that, I feel like when I started, there wasn't near the um, speaking out about exactly how to go about it in a proper way. It was at that time, it was a lot more information. And who knows, I might not have anyway, because I'm like, again, a thousand percent, let's do it. (laughs) So, you know, I just was like, yes. And my body, I just remember three months where like, I could not get enough food to eat. And in hindsight, I'm like, oh, my body was under stressed and depleted for, you know, 10 plus years. And it finally was like, Oh, my goodness, thank you. You know, we can finally be safe. And you're like restoring and helping us get all these nutrients. But it definitely has been a journey for sure. Yeah, that's a big epic journey. So you had, you know, you had your little humans and then you went, this is when you started to do like the waking up early and the training and the the different kinds of diets and everything. Yeah, dairy free, gluten free. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then the signs and symptoms that you were experiencing that kind of started to draw you into this like functional medicine, like what the is going on was like the fatigue. Um, you know, what were some other really big signs for you that you're like, something is like not right here. Yeah, definitely. Fatigue was the main one digestion, just feeling always like kind of bloated and sluggish and really right before pro metabolic, I was waking up multiple times a night and not being able to fall back asleep. And I had always like, I've always been a light sleeper, but I've always slept pretty solid. 
And so that to me was like, what is going on? Like, I can't even sleep anymore. And is this just getting older? Like, you know, is this what happens when you turn 40? Like, I don't know, but I'm not here for that. No way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't sleep for five years when I had the kids. I am not here for not sleeping when they're older. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then that's those, you know, the sleeping, the fatigue, all of that stuff started to draw you into, okay, like what is going on? And Mm -hmm. finally finding like pro-metabolic and looking at this idea of like nourishment and nourishing Mm -hmm. the body um, was, was kind of like the big missing piece from what I'm Mm -hmm. hearing. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Yeah, I really like the piece that you said around how there wasn't a strategy, you know, a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago when it really started to surface uh, into uh, platforms and social media and people's awareness. There there wasn't a lot of people that were teaching it with a strong strategy. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we can look back at key moments in our life and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. It's like, I just like didn't have a strategy there. I just didn't have a plan. So it just didn't kind of like it, you know, it was a little messy and it didn't kind of work (laughs) properly. And it like, yeah. And I, um, I think that's the same with our training for a lot of us for so Mm -hmm. long, we can be training, but it kind of feels that same way. It's like, well, yeah, I am training, but it's not working. And like, I am doing this thing with nutrition, but it's kind of like, it, it, it is working a little bit. Like I feel a bit better, but yet like there's still a lot of other stuff going on, like what's going on. And it becomes really frustrating because you're like mm-hmm. trying to figure out it's like the strategy and the plan is like really essential. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, did you, did someone help you create a strategy and a plan with the nourishment initially? I worked with Ashley um, initially, and then I worked with another guy. I don't know if he's still doing it, just really to kind of make sure I was on the right track. And it's a lot when you enter into the pro-metabolic space. And so I really appreciated just working with those coaches that it took some of the bandwidth off of me to have to figure it all out and to be in dialogue and like, okay, here's what I'm eating. You know, here's what I'm experiencing. This is what it looks like. And so that definitely was super helpful. And then Jessica Ash, I took her course, which is amazing. So much information. And so really learned a lot from that. I love courses and I love learning. So I probably binged quite a bit and obsessed, but to me, it's such a fun experience to like have, you know, that new thought and be able to immerse myself and then experiment with it. Yeah, there's two things that come up in that, Julie, for me. Uh, the the first piece is, um, no, I'm going to go to the second piece around the information, like the, the learning, like when we know something's not quite right and then we, you know, we kind of take that role on of like immersing ourselves in consumption is basically what we can call it. And we're consuming all day, every day. But, you know, we can definitely, I'm sure a lot of women listening can relate to the consumption or sometimes even the overconsumption of information to do with our health, like food and health and this and that. 
there's, we had a conversation uh, earlier in the year about consumption. And I remember you wrote a beautiful thing in circle on our platform around how you, you love to get immersed into something and learn Mm -hmm. and consume, but then you create the space to kind of let it marinate into you and, and think, do Mm -hmm. I need, will this serve me right now or not? Can you just talk a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of women, they're just on this, they're constantly consuming to find the right way or the answer, Mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of pausing and marinating going on. And so just, can you talk about your experience with, yeah, with all of the courses and the learning uh, and what that process looks like for you? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the pause is when we really get to connect with ourselves and what is really happening in our life and what we need. And if we just stay in consumption, there's this constant like need to fix and this constant not enough and a constant moving forward versus saying like, okay, I've learned what I need to learn. And now, you know, I love try it on. (laughs) Now I'm going to try it on. And I'm going to notice like, okay, I'm trying this on. How do I feel about it emotionally? What are my beliefs around it? Like energy wise, is it making me feel good? And all of these things. And without that pause, you don't create the space to actually connect with yourself. And I know, I know for myself, looking back in the early years, there wasn't a pause. It was just moving from one thing to the next. And so I was so disconnected from the core of who I am and the reality of my personality and my life and my energy levels and all of these things. Whereas the pause just elevates yourself and it really connects you to that deep, like, okay, I'm paying attention to how this is landing with me, like in that deep kind of intuitive spot, which is just such an amazing thing. You can tell I get like excited about that because it's amazing. Yeah. For a long time, you know, I had a big problem with consumption. I just thought we were like, we were way over consuming, Uh, but I did realize, and I did learn that the problem is, is that we are trying all of these things on and we just keep adding, we just keep trying on. Like just yeah. like, just imagining someone <laughs> in a change room, like yeah. starting with the first outfit and then they're like, they're not sure about it. So they grab another <laughs> outfit and then they just layer all of these outfits yeah. on top of them. But they're not taking a moment to like truly stand in the mirror and just be like, okay, how does this fit? How does this feel? Do I like the way that this like, and so you just end up, you know, that episode in friends where Joey puts all of Chandler's clothes on and he walks into the room and he's just like layered. And that's kind of when you brought up this trying it on concept uh, and presented it to us and, and the world and your platform. And I really loved it. And I realized that that's what the problem was, is that we just kept trying all these things on and there was no pausing yeah. and then like taking away the things that actually truly weren't serving us or weren't helpful yeah. uh, or we'd actually didn't need to do that. Uh, and so yeah. I think it's a powerful concept for all of the women listening that, you know, you like yourself, Julie, you've been through a big journey and you get to this point where you're like, I'm t- like, I'm tired and I'm exhausted mm-hmm. and there's so much information please someone help lead me. And I think there's power in that, finding someone that is very good at what they do and and helping, you know, helping lead you through, you know, something. But I also think it's our responsibility to be, to do this trying on concept and to really mm-hmm. sit with like, okay, that's a cool piece of information. Let's try it on. See if that strategy works for us. You know, 
does it or doesn't it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think sure it allows that. us. Yeah. I think it allows us to become the expert in our own lives for ourselves. Whereas we're really taught that like, well, they're the experts. So just follow what they do because what they're doing is helping them live their best life. And it's like, well, there, we have no idea what their life is like. And so when you get to become the expert, even with training, um, you'll notice when you check my training today, I modified it a little bit because I'm tired today. And I was just thinking about like, I feel so confident modifying my workouts now. And I know when like, I just need a push. And I know when I'm like, you know what, my body just is feeling a little off. And so I have, you know, you a wonderful coach who's laying the foundation for me. But at the end of the day, I'm also checking in with myself and trusting that I can also lead myself, you know, in union with you leading me. So it's a, it's very empowering to get to that place versus just just following all the experts. I'm like, I love your dressing room analogy because that is exhausting. <laughs> exhausting. I just love, I love a good visual and I know you're a very visual person as yeah. well. Like we're very visual people, Julie and I, we love good <laughs> visuals and pictures. It's very powerful yes. for us. And so when I hear a concept, I truly imagine it. And that's what came up for me. I was like, oh, the problem isn't the overconsumption. The problem is, is that we just keep trying too many damn things on. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We don't yes. spend enough time truly and this is like, you're very good at this is, you know, finding something new and then like really trying it on, like giving it a good chance, like really standing in there and like listening and learning and being like, yeah, like, is this really helping me? And I think we, we need to do that better is we just need to give it, like Mm -hmm. you said, at the start um, or earlier on more time, time, Yes, time. And, and patience. <laughs> and that's a hard thing to do. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So can you talk a little bit about where you were with training, you know, uh, before before we started our work together? After you, yeah. did, I know that you did work with the PT uh, on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the pelvic floor stuff. But what what was coming up for you in the mind around the training? Was there fear there? Was there a story there? Was there a desire there around movement and training? Yeah, so really post-kids, it was this really guarding of, I don't want to do anything to hurt my pelvic floor because I've healed it enough, but it's still very fragile is how I felt. So I definitely did, like I did the 21 day fix with beach body, did different workouts off and on. I actually had worked with a trainer that came to our house for about a year and a half. And what's so fascinating is I was always exhausted and like, as much as I loved her, didn't most of the time did not want to work out. And in hindsight, like I couldn't put muscle on to save my life. And now I know it's because I was so undernourished. Um, but you'll, I know, you know, (laughs) for our journey, like it has been, I think a year and a half now that I've been working with you, but it probably wasn't until at least the nine or 12 month mark where I was like, oh, my body's safe. And I began to build this trusting relationship with her versus I need to fix her. She's broken. If I do one small move wrong, everything's going to come unraveled and all these years of guarding her and trying to stay, 
you know, in this healing space, like it's all going to blow up in my face and where it's like, I never thought I did weightlifting in high school and loved it. And then really never got, once I did here, there was a CrossFit for a short time. She was here that did um, like postpartum stuff, but then she moved up and it was too far away. But other than that, I never did heavy lifting because it's so intimidating to go into a gym and it's all the beefy guys and not know what you're doing. And so coming back, you know, to here and being able to like lift with the bar and starting to lift heavier has been such a sweet journey because I honestly, with some of my health issues, I never thought I'd be able to do that safely. So it has been just amazing to see my body like heal further and to trust her more and to really not freak out if I have a little niggle or something's going on to just really be like, no, she's okay. And, you know, with the support of Amy, like we'll figure it out or we'll modify things. Like we've got this, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Julie, would you, would you share some of like the coolest experiences that you've had in your your training. Before we dive into that, I do just want to highlight like the nine to 12 months. It truly mm-hmm. takes that long to uh, feel safe, to feel more confident, to get a consistent training practice, to build a good foundation. It it truly takes at least nine months, mostly around a year, I believe, from my yeah. own experience, from working with so many women like Julie, it takes give it a year. And that's what I always Mm -hmm. tell women. And I really wanted to highlight that, you know, it was hard, wasn't it? Those first like nine months, it was not fun. (laughs) No, it was not fun. And the energy wasn't there. Like my energy was still pretty low. So it was a constant mental, like having to use my mental capacity to like make the choice to show up, even though I felt tired. And the hardest thing was like, like everyone was used to me being home and available. And so when I started working with you, I was working out in our bedroom. And I just remember the day my husband was in asking me something. I had a kid come and knock on the door. Another kid either called or texted me. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? So I started like texting, hey, gonna work out. Please don't disturb me. Put a sticky note on my door. But really that like creating boundaries and really prioritizing that, that was the hardest part of the journey. And I was talking, Suzanne and I had lunch the other day and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm now the person that like, I have a friend that wants to get coffee and I'm looking at my schedule and I'm like, pretty much can't do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Cause before it was like, okay, I can fit my hour workout in or 45 minutes. Whereas now I'm like, I want, even though I don't need it, I'm like, I want at least two hours so I can have my snack and I can take my time, you know, and go walking after. And I'm like, I'm now turning into that person because- <laughs> It's just so important. And it's, it's a non-negotiable now, whereas before it was like, well, you know, this came up, so not a big deal or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of pieces I, I, I love is the, the space, the environment, the boundaries. And, uh, for those listening, uh, and maybe you have seen it on my platform, but Julie has this so it's just aesthetically beautiful gym downstairs that she's created Uh, and she loves nice things and visuals. And so she's created this epic space. Can you talk about 
the difference between, and some of us, you know, we, we might not have the capacity to create a gym, but I'm more so getting across the importance of creating an environment. So for you, mm-hmm. talk about the difference of like, just trying to do it in your bedroom and not like just being interrupted and not really having this set space to like what it feels like now to create your, the space for you to go downstairs and, and do your training. Yeah, I think going back to the mental load, there's just something when you're in your bedroom, you know, it's upstairs, our bedroom's on by the main living area. So I hear everything, everyone, and you just have this feeling that you could be interrupted, someone's going to knock on the door, all of that. Whereas now, which, you know, Nate has made an appearance every now and then. (laughs) So he's down there sometimes when I'm working out. But it just feels like I don't have to have any mental load when I go work out. I just know that like, that's the space. My body knows that's the space. I can easily transition into that full mental, I'm working out, it's time to work out zone, which is so helpful, especially as a mom, you are making a thousand decisions every day. It's just one less thing. And so like the whole, you know, central nervous system regulation, it just allows me to go into that space and just be like, yeah, I'm here. I'm showing up. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And whether that's like, you know, in your home and for a lot of women that really works at the start, especially Mm -hmm. if you're trying to create a practice again, that's consistent, sustainable, and successful. This is why I believe body weight strength and doing it at home is, um, is just so cool and so supportive. But it's like, if you don't have a whole space to create a gym, it's like, but creating the space and like putting certain things around you and having all your equipment there. And then like you did, Julie, with texting everyone and the sticky notes. And it's like these boundaries that we need to create around the time and the space. And for a lot of women, sometimes the home doesn't work or it works for a while. And then it kind of like, uh, and so then going to actually going somewhere, that's, that's why it can be so successful is like, cause the way you feel when you walk downstairs, Julie, like that nervous system just calms down, you focused, you know what you're doing. Some women need to go out, I think, to find that like, in a yeah, yeah. In a gym setting, but it's, um, it's really, powerful especially at the start like you said those first nine months were really hard because you didn't have a consistent Mm -hmm. practice you didn't trust your body you didn't have energy and everyone was interrupting you you're like (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) just takes time to work that stuff out doesn't it like you just take time to work out your space it takes time to have conversations with your family it takes time for you to trust your body again it takes time to learn about the energy piece. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. So like 12, you know, nine months deep, 12 months deep, it started to get a lot more fun. A (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. We started to hold this really sexy pink barbell and do these cool things. Yeah. So can you just talk about some of the really cool experiences or wins that you've had in the training? Yeah, absolutely. I do think there's something about the first time I was able to work out in my gym with the barbell. And it is, I love my barbell. It's so pretty. (laughs) And there's just, there was something that felt like I'm doing this, you know, 
And that was just amazing. I loved it. And then to see the progression now, because I, in the back of my training journal, which love training journal, by the way, too, um, I wrote down my deadlifts and my squats. And so I have, I think I started tracking that last November and it's so amazing to see like where I started with the bar to where I'm at now. And just to be able to see that progress and to know that like, this is my body. Like this is the time that I've put in and it hasn't been perfect. I mean, there was like one month, I think I missed almost every Friday session because we were traveling or, you know, I had low energy. So it's like, it hasn't even been perfect. And my body has responded so beautifully and it's been amazing. Um, in the back of the journal, uh, the, the squat has the bar and then what is, uh, What's your current PB that you've done? Yeah, I think 128 yeah. for squat. Yeah. That's so cool. Yes, yes. And just talk a little bit about that because for someone who has had even a, like pain or injury, pelvic floor stuff, like the the fear around, like you said, yeah. lifting, you th- never thought you'd be able to lift a heavy weight again. T- just talk a little bit about what it felt like to do a heavy squat. Yeah, amazing. Because I think in my mind, I felt much more comfortable with deadlifts, because it didn't put the same pressure on my pelvic floor. And I just had this mental like visualization of like squat pelvic floors falling out. And it's like, even though that wasn't the case, that is really what I held like in my mindset. And so the deadlift felt so much easier to progress. Whereas the squat, I think I definitely was aware of every single little (laughs) nuance that might be happening, but to see that like with the proper progressing and being able to like build up to it and have the proper form and that foundation, like my body has totally handled it beautifully, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that's the key. It's, you know, the the proper progression and slowly building into it mm-hmm. that's what helps us overcome the fear you know we can't just like decide hey I'm not going to be afraid of squatting <laughs> like I'm not going to have this visualization of just literally my vagina falling out <laughs> right <laughs> like, yes like, you, we can't like will that away the way yeah. that we the way that we can overcome it is that we just start with a body weight squat. So I remember we were in your bedroom and we were doing like body weight squats to the chair and we yeah. just started there. And then slowly over time, you know, you start with the barbell and, you know, we did a lot of target work and we slowly just built this weight. And it's those sessions and those moments that you're like, oh, wow, my vagina didn't fall out. Or I like, <laughs> I feel, yeah. I, I feel good and I feel safe. Yeah. And, you know, and not saying like you said that it was a smooth ride all along the way, there's like niggles mm-hmm. and things that come up. But yeah, I like how you highlighted that, Julie. It's like just, it was just repetitions. That's what mm-hmm. builds the trust, really. Yeah. 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 What about your deadlift? We started with the bar, didn't we, when we started? Yeah, we did. And I think I'm at 153 with that, 150 or 153. So that feels, I, you know me, I love my deadlifts. <laughs> yes. So I love every form of deadlift. I love single, all the things. Um, so that 
is amazing. And it just, you just feel so powerful and strong. And I do love, I mean, what drew me to you specifically was that you were in the pro metabolic world, but it really was that beauty, elegance, grace, and the gymnastics. And so um, when I'm doing a deadlift, it doesn't feel like I'm just like hulking this thing. Like it really, you teach us to do it in such a graceful, controlled way that it's just so cool to see the progression. And like, it's not like down to a count of one and up. It's like, no, you're going down to a count of three or four. And so you have this amazing control. Yeah. I, um, I think it's an art. I think moving your body or moving something with your body is an art form. And yeah. You, it's so funny because when I post all of your training videos of all of you training, I get so many messages back being like, look how well they move. Like they just move. Look, look how beautiful that is. And I'm like, yeah, damn yeah. right it is. <laughs> because like yeah. that's how I was taught. I was just taught to, that the quality matters, like the experience yeah. to you, fully experience the movement and own the movement and it's um it's one of the coolest feelings when we feel we struggle with this movement for so long and it feels wacky and wonky and you're just like oh like the split squat we could talk about your split squat remember <laughs> doing wall split squats and like just so yeah. challenging now Julie yes. is doing Bulgarian split squats and she's got 30s in her hands oh I did 35s today oh you did 35 <laughs> I only did four reps my ones my first set I did 35s I'm like we're pushing this <laughs> yeah yeah I could not hardly do the like wall squats like yeah. in the doorway yeah. those were like the hips were tight it was a hot mess yeah yeah and it does like it feels messy and yucky and sticky and you feel uncoordinated and you do not feel beautiful or graceful or powerful <laughs> no or any of those feelings at the start but like we over time that's like one of my biggest goals for you all in the practice is just just to feel graceful and powerful and for the for the thing to feel easy. But you know what the coolest thing is, is that it's not easy to move well. So like the work that you've yeah. done, you know, someone who, who knows that can see it. And that's the thing I'm obsessed with. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. you did Bulgarian split squats with 35s in your hands. Like, and I, oh, I know. Did you video it for me? I didn't. Okay. Well, I know <laughs> not that today. If I, Next if week. I watch the video though, they were beautiful. Know, yeah, they were beautiful. See? Yes. And like that is anyone who has tried Bulgarian split squats to make them beautiful with 35s in your hands requires a lot of work and practice. Yes. Yes. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool, Julie. Uh, is there anything else that pops out to you, like in the, in your training where you're like, wow, like that's, that's cool. Yeah, I think I definitely love like the single leg stuff that has really, that's, I feel like that's next level for the strength and control and beauty and just the connection to my body. Like I feel so much more like not only the trust, but actually like deeply connected to my body. And I know that's just going 
to continue to grow. Um, on a side note, so, you know, I worked out at the gym for the first time when we were down at the beach last week and just kind of observing people and who, I don't know what is actually true, but I was like, I wonder how many of these people actually have a program and how many of them are just like doing these exercises. And I felt so grateful that like, I know that I'm progressing and moving forward and it's not taking up any mental space on me. I just have to show up. Versus just like, okay, I'm just going to do some tricep, you know, extensions or kind of throwing anything. It's like, no, there's this quality action plan that's moving me forward to an end goal. And I just have to show up and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. I was at the gym the other morning and there's this lady that comes uh, quite often and she does the same thing every time. And look, I celebrate her for being in the gym because there's days that mm-hmm. I look around and there's not a woman in there around me. I was <laughs> like, where are all the women? Like, Yes. Uh, yes. And so, you know, just to show up to a gym space, I like, I celebrate that. And I think that is just it's so cool. But then I also I see the other side of it from the from the coach perspective of like that she just doesn't have a plan and she doesn't have a, and yeah. she so badly like wants to progress. And I know, but she's just doing the same thing every single time, every single session. And I think a lot of us spend a lot of time there, you know, when we exercise yeah. or we go to a class or we train, we don't know how to do that. And and you shouldn't be expected to know that it's an art form. You know, it's taken me 14 yeah. years to know how to do it very well. <laughs> But it's like getting leadership in that is like like you said, there's so much mental load that we carry in all areas of our life. What does it look like to ask someone to take that mental load off to be like, create a strategy for me? Like, you know, I'm going to show up and I'm going to listen to my body. And like you said today, you modified the session and that's, that's what I want. You know, I want to teach you how to train. And part of that is will lead yourself, you know, like I'm not in the session with you. So you need to build the confidence to know like when to push hard and when to modify. And, but yeah, I see so many women who they just don't have that leadership and they so badly like want to feel better and stronger in their body. And I just truly believe that you need to be led at least for Mm -hmm. a while anyway, so you can learn how to train. Yeah. 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 What are some, um, what are some goals? Actually, one thing I do want to mention is I remember at the earlier in the year, we had a momentum call and you talked about this idea of like a five-year plan. And I just, not a lot of us talk about, especially when it comes to our training or our health or our, like our body, we don't really talk in five years. We talk in right now. Like I yeah. want to, I want to be strong right now. I want to lose the weight right now, and I want to have energy right now. Can you just share? Yeah. Because like I was just blown away with that conversation and your vision for for five years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am forty three now, and I think I was forty two when we had the call. So it's three years, but I definitely will have five years as well. But there was something about like when I, not even when I turned 45, but sometime while I'm 45, I just wanted to reach these goals. And the thing I do love so much about the pro-metabolic journey and then training with you is it really has gotten me out of the mindset of like the quick fix and the chasing and really 
just kind of this more restful posture of pursuing things. So I'm still moving forward and I still like with the iron, I, of course, I've done like a deep dive of researching and all that, but there's such a trust. It's not like from this knee jerk, I need to fix it type thing. So for me, when I looked at more that bigger picture, it was like, okay, when I'm 45, you know, I want to be able to do, which is funny because I think the things I wanted to do, I actually put for on the call we had last weekend for the queen sessions. I was like, oh, I think I'm already at these numbers. Like I better change those up. Um, But that was so cool because that's like ahead of schedule. Uh, But definitely, you know, even with the weight loss, like obviously that goes in cycles where I can be really frustrated with my weight at times. But on a little quick side note, it has been such a good journey for me because like I love my body now. And before, like I always thought I needed to tone down and lose weight and I was tiny and I just, I didn't view myself as that. And so wanting to do it in the most respectful way, I just have this plan of like, I have a goal for kind of this spring, summer, and then I'll be in maintenance and, you know, training and then a goal for the following summer. So it really gets to be this slow, expansive plan that will really be healing to my health and nourishing. And same with training, this idea of like, okay, where can I be? And I think I get to move that goal even further for 45 that it's just exciting to see where all those will end up. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of, it's really cool when you, when you let go of the, the frustration of like the now and like wanting to, and just you let it go and you're like, yeah, I have this vision, you know, and I think the vision is powerful and the goals are powerful and they're really important, but you let go of this like rigid timeline of like trying mm-hmm. to force the body to do something at like a certain point in time. It's like the body yeah. doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's like <Yeah. laughs> all you can do is like show up, listen to her, uh, respond to her and like she'll do yeah. it when she wants to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that has only come from this deep trust because I trust, like, I'm not stressed about the weight loss. Like I have every confidence that I'll be able to lose the weight and get to the body composition I want to. It's just going to be in this longer time frame because I'm not willing to undo any of the health things I do by putting an extra stress on my body and same with training. Like if I can stretch out, like, when I went to three years versus looking at like six months, it just expands like your whole life to where you could be in more that leaning back restful posture and just trusting the process versus being the one that has to like make it happen and figure it out and crush it. It's like, Oh no, like those are all reasonable goals to happen in three years, like no problem. And I'll most likely get there ahead of time. And there's like zero stress on me because I know that I'm being taken care of by you on the training side. And I know that my body's healing and I did want that last phase and definitely had some recomp happening. So it's like, I just know it will happen and there's zero stress, which is amazing. Yeah. Such beauty in that. And you, you know, I, what I love about the way that you show up is that you are so good at like responding to like where the body's at or the season that you're in. Like, I think a lot of the friction and the frustration comes from that. Well, your expectations and your your reality are just way off. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember you talking about when you had this longer term vision that you really sat into like, well, I have 
three little humans that I'm still like, you know, I have to lead them through their schooling. And like, there is work you were doing on your, you know, relationship. And there was like, you were doing your business stuff. And like, there was so many things going on that you just sunk into the reality of that. And you're like, okay, I can still have these expectations, but I've just got to play with my timeline here because yeah. (laughs) And like on the call last weekend in the event, you're like, what is four sessions? Like if I tried four sessions on and like that wouldn't have yeah. been a conversation that we would have had like three months ago, four months, five months ago, trying to force that onto yourself where you were would have created so much stress, like you said, and so much friction. Yeah. It's like if you can just allow the reality and and just sink into that and support yourself in the current reality then it's not forever, is it, Julie? It changes. Right. Yeah. And so now you're, you know, exploring this idea of like four sessions and explore. I'm not sure what are in all your messages in True Coach, but like it's probably <laughs> about body composition stuff. And, you know, there's bits and pieces in there, but like it's, we, this is one thing that we really need to do. It's like, we could change your body. Like, you know what I mean? I could, we could be training five days a week and like training for like an hour and a half or two hours, but that doesn't fit your reality or, and your body might not be able to tolerate it because like, we're still healing. And it's just like coming to terms with that is it can feel a little annoying and frustrating for sure, but yeah, it's yeah. You do that very well and very beautifully and very gracefully. Uh, Thank you. I'm sure it's taken a lot of practice. <laughs> it has a hundred percent. Yeah. And even that, the, I definitely was feeling like, okay, maybe I want to do a fat loss sooner than I was planning, but I was like, but I have the queen sessions for 12 weeks, not the time to do a fat loss phase. So like, what do I need to do during the queen sessions to build muscle and to really support that and keep my metabolism high then to set myself up for a fat loss phase. And like, I would have never thought that way because it would have just been like, I want to lose the fat now. I don't care what it takes, you know, whereas now I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to be able to put more on the bar. And yeah. those two typically don't happen, you know, at the rate I'm going to want to be able to do that. So yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what does that look it's like? It's such a different mindset. Yeah. Training four days a week and eating lots of protein. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's such a cool, I think that's such a cool experience. It's like, okay, yeah, I want these, I want this thing, or I'm trying to, ex- I want to explore like the fat, fat loss thing, but yet we're going to do this like hard 12 week training cycle where we're going to be lifting a lot of weight. And so as a byproduct though, you might get recomp. Yeah. You might get some yeah. fat loss, but I like the, you know, I like your reframe on it being like, well, no, actually I need to prioritize if I want to do four sessions and, you know, progress in my weights, I'm going to need to like, you know, eat this and do my protein and, you know, we'll develop a strategy for you. Uh, but for sure. yeah, it's, it's really, it's cool how the reframe comes over time, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also really excited to explore uh, more complex skills with you, like mm. more of the body weight stuff. And I know you have a fascination with the rings. And so I, yeah. <laughs> and, and people can see that and watch it. And it's such, you know, doing stuff on the rings is so cool, but 
it takes a long time to build like the foundational strength. Like we're working on your mm-hmm. pushing strength and your your basic pulling strength. And those are some things that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna nail like the your full push up and your to get a strict chin up. And then we get to mm-hmm. play with this whole other world, which is like bringing in the gymnastics rings or bringing in more complexity in the practice, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that you want to add? Yeah, I don't think so. I just, it has been a beautiful journey. And I think what has been, I guess, yes, there is something I want to add. I'm like, I don't think so, but let me keep talking. Um, (laughs) I think what has been surprising to me is through the discipline of training and through trusting my body, like how much that has really set a stage for so many other areas of my life. Like it definitely feels like um, like you said, like there's been relationship stuff I've been working on and obviously parenting and really just transitioning well into being a parent of a college age child versus someone at home. And so all of these personal growth and growth areas that I've been working on, but somehow the training feels like this foundational place that allows all of those to really happen in a healthier way. Like, I don't even know fully how to explain it, but I felt like it has brought me to the next level in those areas. And I do think part of it is because of showing up and trusting my body and building that, you know, consistency and learning what nourishes my body on the food side and prioritizing sleep and sunshine and all of that. Like the translation to the rest of my life has just been amazing. So amazing. That's so cool. That is so, so cool. Yeah. I truly believe that training and having a training practice changes your posture and how you show up in the world. Yeah. In all other areas of your life. From all of those things you just said, Julie, is that you create something that is consistent, that is yours, that teaches you about yourself, that teaches you about focus and discipline and um, you know, listening and awareness and understanding and communication and like all of these things in the practice. Yeah. And once you build confidence in that, I it just builds confidence in yourself to be like, you know what? No, like I, I'm understanding myself and my body and I can do hard things yeah. and I can do things consistently. And I like created these boundaries. And so what does that look like? when I think about different relationships in my life. And I honestly believe, yeah, it's a hard one to explain. It's like, why is this like, it's kind of like (laughs) the anchor system. It's like like this root kind of thing that you're like, wow, a lot of really cool shit like grows from this, like having a training (laughs) practice. I just thought it was just training or working out, but yet it does this really cool thing. Yeah. 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 So I love it. I love that you've experienced that in other areas of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I've loved watching you uh, create this very cool training practice that, well, yeah, can I ask you, do you, do you love it? Do you like it? I do love it. Yeah. I feel like I forget if it was last week or the week before, whenever we had our check-in call or momentum call, I was like, I love training now. And even the days like today where my energy just felt like bottom low, like I chose instead of doing my three sets to do two on my last session C, which is my really hard one. 
and I chose to go heavier. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, somehow, even when I do feel tired, it brings me such joy and like, being able to like, go up and wait just does something to your mindset of like, I can conquer the world now, you know? So yeah, I love training now. And what I realized is, is I started working out when I was like 10 or 11. I was a latchkey kid, got myself off to school. It was this little TV workout. And as I'm coming back to this, who is Julie, like working out took on so many different forms since that initial girl that just loved working out, you know, it got more about making sure my body looked a certain way and all of these things. And so I feel like I have come full circle back to I'm working out because I love it, which is beautiful. So thank you. Cause that has just come through this practice. Oh, I love that. You're so welcome. That's what I want for women. I want them to love working out. We yeah. don't have to love it all day, every day. There's times no. I don't love it either. There's times <laughs> that I really don't love it. But uh, just your example there of like what you did today like just being a little obsessed with that of like, you know what, how could I modify it? Like I can, I'm still here and it still gets me excited just to like modify it a little bit. That's love right there. And you know what, if you can do heavy Bulgarians, you can do anything in this world. So yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I hate them and love them all at the same time. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, Julie. Well, it was a pleasure. It was just a pleasure really just to spend over an hour just chatting with you. Yeah, same. I just adore conversations with you. Right back at you. Thank you for coming on, yeah. for sharing your story. Uh, story is powerful and you are very good at telling story. You just are beautifully articulate. So I really appreciate uh, you and you. your time. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.